1: Welcome to the Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of the Connection, Lisa Demattis Lapore and Ann Baldwin.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to this week's program. And I am pleased to be here today with my co-host, Lisa Demattis Lapore. Also, the chief executive officer at The Connection. Happy day.
0: Happy day. Happy Sunday. It's great to see you. It Welcome is. Welcome to our listeners. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. And we're so excited because we've got, we look like we could be um, NASCAR announcers, don't we?
0: That may be a great, we'll have to talk to Joey Logano about that.
2: Yeah, you think he'd let us No, We're too, we're loose cannons, man. We're too, we
0: no, no, we would get him in trouble. Yeah, so we
2: have these new, the microphone is now attached to the headset. So it's like not good for the hair, but it's good for the show. So good we're going to take show. one for the show today.
0: We're going to take one for the show. Right. All right. Absolutely. There's always hairspray. We're good.
2: There is. And, uh, you know, we've just been covering so many different topics from, you know, recovery, from criminal justice to behavioral health. And one of the things that we want to really focus in on today is, um, Lisa is you know the behavioral health services that are offered by the connection and it's great to have Teresa Ferraro who's the program director of the residential program at the connection with us today Teresa thank you for being on the program
1: hi thank you so much for having me
0: welcome Teresa it's great to have you Um, for our listeners out there uh, Teresa um, has been working at our organization for an extremely long time and um, recently I went to um, a client awards dinner and Teresa was there with her staff and you know many of the clients that um, Teresa works with have you know severe mental health um, issues and to see the way that Teresa and her staff really have made these incredible connections with our clients and how well respected they are but mostly important um, how far the clients have really come that have these severe mental uh, disorders so Teresa I just want to say out to all of our listeners how grateful I am to have you as a very valued team member at The Connection, so thank you.
2: So, Teresa, why don't you explain some of the programs um, that you provide when it comes to perhaps housing, um, psychosocial rehabilitation, all those kinds of things. Talk a little bit about how that works.
1: So, we have some really wonderful and dynamic programs in the New Haven area. Our three primary residential programs, Park Street Inn, Park Street Residence, and Cornerstone, serve people with severe mental illness. A lot of these individuals have responded really poorly to our so-called traditional treatment um, for individuals with these diagnoses. And they've been identified and they've been referred to the connection um, for really more support in the community and more support to be able to stabilize, learn coping skills, manage their symptoms. These individuals have been identified as as people who really don't need to live in hospital settings, but really need some more enhanced supports in the community, really not ready to go right out into their own apartment. So they come to our programs, they receive 24-hour, seven-day-a-week support services from staff. We do skill-building groups, we do medication management, we do coping skills, we do regular activities of daily living, such as cooking, cleaning, etc., to really help these folks establish these skills and get them ready to move on to the next step but you know a lower a lower level of care a more independent setting for them because they really have the ability they just need to take the time to work with us to kind of strengthen those skills.
2: You know I want to ask you to back up a little bit because you talked about maybe traditional treatments didn't work. Right. What what are some of the traditional treatments that are being applied out there? Is it meds? What is it
1: So a traditional treatment track for someone with severe mental illness could possibly start with an inpatient hospitalization. Sometimes that happens for 30 days, sometimes that goes for three months, and then typically that person would transition either back out into the community maybe with their family, and then they would engage in outpatient services, intensive outpatient, and maybe get some case management. And that traditional treatment is still really wonderful. And it still helps a lot of people, but there's also a significant piece of the population, and these are the folks that that I'm talking about who who access our residential services. So for that piece of the population, those services really are not enough.
2: Well, and let me ask you, Lisa, because um, you know what happens to these folks if they don't have a place or a program like the connection offers? Where do they Where do they go? Where do they end up?
0: Often they end up hospitalized um, in an inpatient setting, which obviously that's very expensive, not necessarily the best track for some folks. They could end up potentially homeless because they are so difficult to treat. So they're, they really, and that's not a place for these folks to go either. I mean, that's really not rehabilitation. So I think that there's such a lack of treatment for this population that, you know, I know that we never, we don't have any empty beds that's for sure because the need yeah. is high um, but again the they need such intensive oversight and as Teresa said, they do have many skills. I, I, was, I have to say, uh, Teresa, that, you know, one client in particular that's had a very long history of mental, serious um, mental health was, um, is an amazing photographer. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that he was one of our clients. And he was taking pictures and, you know, the way he was conducting himself and he takes gorgeous photos. And this mm-hmm. guy's has a pretty extensive history. but So the point I'm trying to say is that, you know, someone like that, Could have gotten lost, would have gotten lost, may not be alive. You know, that's dangerous for them to be on the street. They can't live in a quote-unquote normal housing. They have to get stabilized. So uh, I wouldn't be a good, it definitely wouldn't be a good outcome. That's for sure. Do you agree with me, Teresa?
1: I do agree, Lisa, and I think you bring up a really good point is that, you know, the individuals who are accessing our services don't always have a, a history of instability. Sometimes they do, but like with this gentleman that you're speaking about, Lisa, who has this incredible talent and is an incredible artist, his illness, unfortunately, affected him in a way that he wasn't able to manage it independently. He went off of his meds, he became increasingly symptomatic, and so to your point, Lisa... These, these individuals come, with us, come to us from very diverse education backgrounds. Some of them are very highly educated, and some of them were at one point in time living a, a typical life, going to work every day, having a family. Exactly. And at some point, their illness became just so unmanageable that they needed to access hospital services. And still it was identified that, as I was saying before, the traditional treatment just wasn't enough for them, and they needed a program like this. Like the ones that the connection operates to really be to really help them restabilize. So we've got yeah. folks with incredible, incredible potential, um, and we're working with them every day to support them in reaching that potential and reintegrating back into the community.
0: You know, um, <clears throat> Teresa, as I mentioned earlier, and when the show started. I think back to the ceremony that um, I I was so privileged to attend with your staff and your clients and everyone received an award for all these different, you know, achievements. And it could have been the smallest thing to the largest, but here's the reality. Every little step of, you know, being bright and happy, you know so now we're giving award to example Susie Smith because every day she's you know on time and she's always happy and positive and she you know is friendly to other people and she does you know et cetera et cetera to you know someone really you know something large um, for an achievement for each person and everyone felt so valued Mm -hmm. and noted for you know who they are and you know their achievements and again I think that's that was so I was so touched by that Teresa I have to say I mean that really made my day that's really the reason why you know I know I come to work every day is to see the work that you're doing and your staff are doing for our clients so thank you know can't thank you enough and if you're just
2: tuning in, we're talking with uh, Teresa Ferraro. She's the Program Director of Residential and Behavioral Health Services at The Connection. And, of course, myself, Ann Baldwin and Lisa DeMattis-Lapore. You know, you brought up a good point um, in that, you know, I guess like anything, right, May, whether it's addiction, you know, in my case, alcoholism, you know, it, it took me down later in life. You know in my 50s i was i was pretty good up until that point but all of a sudden there was a trigger and something went down and went down bad so um these types of things can hit anybody at you know any point in their life you know i don't know that we know exactly why it could be a chemical imbalance it could be a traumatic event it can be so many different there could be so many different factors so i've got a friend for example who's got a sister Who's in her uh, late fifties, who had a car and a job and was, you know, very successful, and then all of a sudden something happened, and now this woman is just a totally different person, and it's mental illness. Mm-hmm. So you just never know, like anything else, when it's going to hit and when you might need, you know, services or assistance. And and people don't necessarily understand mental illness, do they, Teresa?
1: No, and I would say that that's a that's a big challenge and, and one of the biggest barriers that, that we try to work with ev- every day to, you know, support the community and bring awareness to the community of just what you're saying and that mental illness, it it, it exists and it, it lives and it breathes on a continuum. And, you know, you like many of our clients and like you've identified, you could be managing your symptoms very well for an, an extended period of time and then one traumatic event or one trigger can set you off course and that's that's the nature that's kind of the fundamental nature of the illness is that when we're talking about a chronic extended problem the symptoms kind of go up and down and and some days they're more manageable than others but we have to be aware, and this is again what we do as professionals in the community, we have to be aware, and we have to bring that awareness to our our collaborators and, and our other providers to really have them understand, and it's really helpful for family members as well, that this is what the illness might look like sometimes, and someone might look very well one day and they might be able to maintain that wellness for an extended period of time, but at some point they're going to That's going to drop off, and there's going to be an increased need for for support and increased need for treatment. And so being aware of that consistently is something that I have found as a professional um, is very helpful and and really is a way for family members to to be able to cope a little bit better with the symptoms and and with what their loved one is experiencing. Well,
2: and it's families and it's society, right, Lisa? We talk about stereotypes with everything else.
0: We do, mm-hmm. we do. And there's
2: stereotypes now, you know, when it comes to mental illness, too. So, you know, when we see somebody and, you know, that phrase, oh, you know, they're crazy or they're, you know, we, we all make our judgments, right? Right. But I think we need yeah. to be aware and our listeners to be aware that, you know, maybe there's something going on with this person that needs attention.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Teresa, you know, and for all the years that you've been working with, with this population and obviously... um without, you know, saying a specific name of a client, which I know you wouldn't, can you just give a brief vignette or one client that strikes you?
1: Sure. Oh, gosh, so many. I, I know. My best. That's such a hard question. But, you know, there's one person in particular who, who comes to mind who I met probably about five years ago um, at one of my case management programs Um very smart, very talented individual, actually is a a published author, um, published a book of poetry, also a really great piano player who um, has actually played at some of the Connection events. Um, And this individual, the way that he would describe his illness to me, the way that he would describe it when he was not on his medication was that he was standing in the middle of a football field, and there were all these football players around him, and he would hear the voice of God. He would hear the voice of God. He would hear the voice of Jesus telling him to run one way, telling him to run another way, telling him to run for a touchdown. And just he really had has such a, a wonderful way to describe how his illness Affects him when he's not in a good place. So when he's not taking his medication, when he's not engaged in treatment. And as I said, I've known this individual for for the past over the past five years, and I've seen him go up and down, and I've seen him struggle with symptoms. I've also just seen him um, complete his first semester in college, which was something for him that he had always strived to complete, made many many attempts, and and wasn't able to complete it. Um, so that, to me, is definitely one of the individuals who will always, always stick out in my mind as someone who was living with mental illness. And I, and I use that phrase, and I use that phrase a lot, living with mental illness, because this, this is what our in, the people in our services are doing. They are living with this illness. They're living every day. They're fighting it every day.
2: And, you know, you bring up a good point, too, because I'm going to go back to my friend's sister again. You know, the family has pretty much given up. They just don't know how to deal with it. They can't understand it, right? How can someone be so, you know, quote unquote normal and then all of a sudden, you know, turn into this other person? And isn't it true? That's why you really need professionals to help deal with this stuff because families sometimes just really can't believe it or they're they're not educated enough about mental illness to know. So whether it comes with, you know, first of all, assessing the situation, what's going on? you know, where do you start? How do you treat these people? Do they need meds? Do they need, you know, just, you know, supervision with the meds that they should be taking? Maybe they've lost the ability for, you know, just their daily finances and those kinds of things. You know, for a lot of us, we take those skills and those, you know, day-to-day things for granted, but for somebody who's got, you know, some debilitating illness, it doesn't come that easy, right?
1: It doesn't, and I think really the, the first step that we would, really help us start on the right track or maybe get us on the better track of talking about mental health and wellness is to talk about mental health and wellness the same way we talk about physical health and wellness that's really got to be our first step Mm -hmm. as, as treatment providers you know and i know that that's what we do every day here at the connection and i know it's it is our mission to support the community all of our community providers not just the mental health providers but the physical health providers to, to have those conversations, to change the way that we are talking about mental health and addiction and talk about it in the same way as what our physical health is. If I have an ache or a pain, I'm going to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about that ache or a pain. What can we do to help resolve this? And we need to have those same conversations when we talk about mental health. You
2: know, and you talk about educating people and you just, I just noticed something that you just did that, you know, As a former news reporter, I would get re educated on issues from time to time and you just re educated me on on a major issue. I don't know if you did it intentionally or not, but I keep calling this mental illness Mm -hmm. and you call it mental health and wellness. You know important. Isn't it important? (laughs) It's important too for people to understand that, you know, we're changing we're trying to change and with the change and with the understanding comes the changing of vocabulary. Uh, and that's just as important, and that applies to the stereotypes and everything else. So I just want to say thank you for that. You're I'm now welcome. gonna call it <laughs> mental health and wellness. All right, that's Great. that's good. Um, so the other uh, component here, you know for people out there that are looking for resources, Teresa, and they're interested in whether it be the cornerstone or the other programs um, that you have to offer, can you tell folks where they can go to get that information?
1: I can, and they can go right to our website, www.theconnectioninc.org, and they can choose our programs and locations and our behavioral health services, and they'll have a listing and description, brief description, um, with contact information for all of our programs. And they can also always call our helpline, which is 855-435-7955.
0: Exactly. And um I think we're getting a lot of um, response from this program, which is great. And We've received emails and phone calls with folks looking for additional services. So we really urge folks out there, if you have a question or you're concerned about either yourself or a family member, please feel free to call. You know, everything will be kept confidential and we will direct you um, to the service that you need. And once again, if in the event that we don't provide that specific service you're looking for, we're absolutely going to refer you to another um, agency in Connecticut that can help your needs. So I think the first step is always just that first phone call or that first time that you reach out is really key. And we're gonna grab your grab your hand and we're gonna lead you down the path and assist you and or your loved one to achieve wellness as Teresa said and you know
2: that's the other component here is that what you just mentioned Lisa is that if for some reason the connection doesn't have those services it's really become you know a community of care hasn't it yeah so there's other providers that you work with you know Department of Mental Health and addiction services and other programs out there because you know one of the things that I see and I've seen over the course of the years is that people have their specialties
0: they do and
2: that's a good thing these these agencies aren't trying to be everything to everybody but yet there's this collaborative effort that's really working well so you're not competing against each other you're no. helping each other out with the best intentions of of you
0: know measurable impact on these people
2: regardless of what their issue is and i think that's great
0: you know i'm really proud to um be the ceo of the connection but in addition to that I'm really proud to live in Connecticut and a state where there's such a um, diverse resource out there for folks that need um, services irregardless of if it's for a child um, you know up to adulthood etc so again you know hats off to all my other partners out there you know um, in the state that are doing the same work that we're doing it's difficult and you know we're really banding together and realizing that the state budget is tight and that funding will be cut but i think we want to be a part of the solution and not the problem and we need to coordinate services for everyone so right. again it's not all about you know just about the connection it's really about how together all these fabulous um programs agencies come together to serve those in need so folks please reach out and give us a call and again we will um, help you www.theconnectioninc.org um, you know, reach out and we'll see what we can do to get you on the right path. Let me ask you another question,
2: Teresa, because um, again, this is, you know, I'm, I'm the outsider here, just kind of, uh, you know, running the conversation. So I apologize if this might be a stupid question, but mental illness, when can or when does, you know, it impact someone's lives? Because, you know, Lisa just talked about, you know, children and, and youth. Um, are, you, are you seeing that as well? Is that part of your your client base young people
1: that's that's a really great question um the behavioral health services at the connection within this department we do not serve children however um mental health and and the need for those conversations and needs to happen at at a very young age when we when we're seeing behaviors um, among children that seem odd or that seem different or really just don't seem to be associated with normal adult, normal um, childhood, and normal upbringing, signs and symptoms of mental illness can really pop up at very, very young ages. And I know that that's something that historically has has been a little bit of a hot button issue. Um, but you know, throughout my career as a professional counselor, um, I've definitely seen more awareness becoming part of the mainstream with regard to pediatric care and and mental health and even with my own children i'm i'm always thinking I know they're very young, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to diagnose them. I want to be their mother, but you know, I'm always thinking about what their needs are, and and looking at their behavior, and trying to understand, you know, if I'm not meeting their needs, are 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 they experiencing some symptoms that might need some more support? So, to answer your question, in a in kind of a long-winded way, it it can happen at any age, You're and, absolutely and that's right. that's kind of challenging, but it, but it's it's true.
0: So I agree with you. I think. Um you bring up a good point. And I you know, I talk to the staff all the time because I think that we're also, we have a heightened awareness of really the things that are going on in Connecticut and through the clients we see and the, and the children of the clients that we see. And I know that, you know, my staff and I have spoken, you know, great lengths about our own children and, you know, that we're always worried, you know, worried. I mean, because we see this every day. And so mm-hmm. I think there's this heightened awareness that we're really in favor of getting your child or whoever to get treatment, right? Right? because we mm-hmm. believe in it and we see that it works right. and mm-hmm. you know as hard as it is as a as a parent irregardless of if you work with the population or not you're, you're it this is does not it's not a sign that you're a failure it's a sign that you care about your loved one irregardless and you're going to reach out and get them help and mm-hmm. um you know I know I've had this conversation with even school moms about you know oh they want to put my son on you know meds because he has um you know He's over at you know whatever he has some issue going on and you know they'll ask me what do you think and I'm saying yes you need to do that it's not the end that doesn't mean you failed as a mom it means there could be a chemical imbalance there was could be some trauma or something that happened you know get your child the help let's get get this taken care of now and not avoid it because you know what it's not going to go away
2: right right that's good advice well Teresa Ferraro I want to thank you so much for shining uh, the light on all the programs that you offer and you know hats off to your compassion and and you know educating our listeners about you know what folks are dealing with it's it's hard sometimes when you think you know you've got all these situations going on but we never really know if we look into the eyes of somebody around us you know what they're going through or what they're dealing with or what their chemical makeup is or so you know I'm a note to myself I need to be a little more tolerant too because uh, we just don't know everybody's got their demons everybody's got their stuff so um you know, I just think it's it's great that we were able to, to shine some light on that. So if you're listening to this program and you want more information, the website, again, is The Connection, Inc., all one word, theconnectioninc.org. And if they don't have the program that you or your loved one is in search of, they will refer you to one that is. So thank you again. And Lisa thank DeMattis. You, Lisa DeMatis Lepore. So it's always nice seeing you and your bright pink today. I got to tell people with her iced coffee in front of her just in case you need a little bit of a description. But we really owe our thanks to our listeners too for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. So-